Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And once again, I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to the Firetime Podcast. Well, as you know, we are in our series of rapid reactions to audio articles in the Firetime magazine. And in between our standard podcast seasons, what I do is I play an audio article from the Firetime magazine. I listen to it in real time with you. I take some notes and I jump right in to give you my rapid reaction thoughts to it. And, you know, truly for me, I I love this. And every single month, like you... I read and listen to the Firetime magazine as a consumer, and I am just dumbfounded month after month after month how rich the content is. And what's so cool, you know, I I write an article periodically in it, but the community of voices from all around North America that is pouring into this is is incredible. I mean, I I, seriously, I, I read articles that, you know, service technicians and salespeople write, and it is so insightful. And so for this week's rapid reaction, we are going to be listening to an audio article from Jim Adams that is called Two Ways to Ask Customers Better Questions. And this came out back in August of 2022. Now, it's been a while since I've listened to it, but I remember this article was really, really good and it made me super excited as a salesperson. And so in just a second, we're going to listen to that and I'm going to give you my rapid reactions. Now, remember, Remember, if you want to get this content for yourself, you can just search for the Firetime Magazine podcast, and every month, about eight audio articles will be sent straight to you to listen to. In addition to that, if you want to read the magazine, you can go to itsfiretime.com slash subscribe, punch in your email address, and we'll send you every issue for free. Okay, so with that said, I'm going to jump out of the way. Let's listen to this article together, and I will give you my rapid reaction. Two Ways to Ask Customers Better Questions by Jim Adams. If you've spent any time hanging around the Firetime Lounge, you've probably implemented some sort of a sales process. You've worked on ways to invite customers into your store and encourage them to engage with you. You've designed your displays in a logical order with a welcoming warmth. And you've spent dozens of hours training your staff to use your sales process and interact with customers. Then it happens. You're standing on the sales floor and you overhear a young salesperson ask this question. Why do you want to put a fireplace in a corner? Something about the question just doesn't sit right with you. You hear the tone of the conversation change. Suddenly, the customers seem guarded, and their answers get short. They leave, and you're not sure if they're coming back. The salesperson approaches you and says, I don't know what went wrong. I was just asking questions to find out what they wanted, and they suddenly shut down. If you've ever had a team member in this situation, or if you've ever been in this situation yourself, then you might need a refresher on two key types of questions. Curiosity questions and generative questions. Curiosity Questions One of the trickiest yet most important parts of the sales process is the discovery stage. It's the step where you find out your customer's problems so you can help them find fitting solutions. During this stage, asking good questions makes all the difference. 
Discovery questions are the who, what, where, when, and why questions. The problem with discovery questions in a sales situation is that they sometimes come across as accusatory, so they often make customers feel like they're being interrogated. One way to overcome the direct nature of a discovery question is to ask it from the position of curiosity. People respond more openly when they encounter curiosity. Consider the original question posed in the hypothetical situation above. Why do you want to put a fireplace in that corner? Asked directly, it's kind of demeaning. But by adding two little words, I'm curious, it becomes a question that will likely draw out an answer instead of shutting one down. So the question becomes, I'm curious, why do you want to put a fireplace in that corner? Genuine curiosity, don't fake it, is a great way to put your customers at ease and allow them to open up. That's why replacing discovery questions with curiosity questions is a great strategy. Instead of asking why or what, say, I'm curious about that. Could you tell me more? Then watch what happens. Generative questions. Another way to ask better questions is to use what's called a generative question. As the name implies, generative questions are designed to generate a deeper level of thinking. You've probably heard about asking open-ended questions. In short, an open-ended question can't be answered with a simple yes or no. Do you want fries with that as a closed question? It can only be answered yes or no. In contrast, a curiosity question is typically open-ended, so it's something like, could you tell me more about your idea? Finally, a generative question, which can work like magic, sounds something like this. Imagine yourself five years from now. You're sitting around the fireplace with your family celebrating. What are you celebrating? What fireplace would help make that moment perfect? This type of dialogue engages multiple layers of thought and emotion. When asked well, it can give you insight into what your customers really want. Once you've discovered that, it's easy to guide them to the right solutions because they've already seen it in their minds. Simply put, asking better questions is an invaluable skill, but learning that skill can be a bit of a challenge. If you want to improve in this area, start by posing more curiosity questions and generative questions. These simple strategies will help you avoid the pitfalls of unspoken and unmet expectations, and that will help you close more sales. Well, I hope you enjoyed that audio article by Jim Adams. Gosh, it'd been a while since I listened to it, and man, it was so good. You know, I mean, I'm just going to jump right in and, and give you my notes. Even though it's a short article, there is so much wisdom in here. You know, at the beginning, I appreciate the hat tip that that uh, hopefully if you've been hanging around the Firetime Lounge, you've been thinking about a sales process and drawing customers in, but what what Jim is talking about with with what happens when we're actually in front of a customer is so important and and truly I find that it's easy for retailers and salespeople to be tone deaf to this because they're so focused on other things and it's almost like there's a callus that is built up to being sensitive to the customer because of years of doing the same thing but you know when when Jim talks about tone to start with I mean, I, I've told this story before on the podcast, I think a year or two ago, but man, I, I remember a time when I was very young in my career and I was watching a salesperson talk with a customer and the salesperson genuinely cared about their situation, but just was not self-aware to how they came across. And and what they were trying to say to the customer is, you know, I, I really need to understand your situation because 
regardless of what you might want to do in your house, your situation is going to dictate what kind of a product can go in. But that's not what they said. I, I, I literally remember the customer just you know, almost like gushing. They were so excited about what they wanted to do with their project. And this salesperson got their face about six inches away from the customers and pointed at them and said, well, I don't care what you want. I'm going to tell you what you can get. And and it just that just killed it right there. The customer did actually hang around for a little bit, but just like Jim said, I mean, their answers got shorter. They were disheartened because it was just not communicated well. And you know, when when Jim talked about making sure that our our tone is right, you know, gosh, we we get one chance at this, and customers very often do become guarded, and their answers do get shorter. When as salespeople, we have not taken the time and 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 showed our our humanity and our curiosity and our empathy for their situation. Jim talked about two tactics with our questions, one being curiosity and the second one being asking generative questions. And this is really true. So think about this with curiosity. I mean, that first question that he said, why do you want to put a fireplace in a corner? That's accusatory. And, and, and you might hear me say that and think, oh, my team never does that. But that's not the case that I found. You know, in most of the secret shopping I've done, either A, questions don't get asked, or B, they get asked in a, in a very derogatory, accusatory way. And, you know, just that simple change of, I'm curious, why do you want to put a fireplace in your corner? I mean, just think about how that sounds compared to, why do you want to put a fireplace in your corner? We, we might not think that, that we fall prey to this, but, but we do when we're not actively and intentionally thinking about our process. So with your team this week, be, be watching for that. You know, are these accusatory questions? In our industry, often in, in, in the busyness of life and in the whirlwind, we take our stress out on our customers and, and, and we make them feel like a bad guy for not knowing certain things about their project. And, and I just see it all the time. It's just, it's a defense mechanism. And it's truly fueled by arrogance and and apathy to try to get the customer out of our way so that we can go do the important stuff. But gosh, if you can foster that genuine curiosity, I I think that that's the key to effective sales. And I never had articulated it quite like this, but as as I was listening to Jim, I I was thinking back to what would be like one defining characteristic of great salespeople and I think it is curiosity. I think that being genuinely curious. So when a customer comes in, you don't mind taking 10 minutes to say, oh man, I'm, I'm so curious about your project. Can, can you tell me about this? Oh gosh, that's, that sounds like it'll be really, really cool when it's done. What have you been thinking about in, in terms of the rest of the project? Those curiosity questions build a bridge. They show people that we are on their side and that we want to help them. Now, as, as Jim talked about, moving from curiosity questions to generative questions. And by the way, that was a new word to me when I heard this article for the first time. But it makes so much sense that we want these questions to generate a deeper level of thinking. And truly, the the question that Jim used as an example about, hey, imagine yourself in five years when this fireplace has been installed for a long time. What is that room like? What are you celebrating? You know, I, I think that those questions are really, really good because they, they force someone 
to think about their project and envision it in their mind's eye. I was reading a copywriting book. This is probably seven years ago, and it's always stuck with me. If you command someone to imagine, they can't help but do it. So if you just say, hey, imagine an elephant riding a bike. Well, you can't help but think about an elephant riding a bike. When you tell someone to imagine their room after that fireplace has been installed, they think about it. They picture it. And and ultimately, once the customer has captured the vision of what they want this to be, the sale starts to move downhill. And generative questions will do that. So, man, I, I thought there was so much to take away here. And I, I think there's just a lot of really practical stuff that you can use with your team. Now, I announced this in last week's episode, but we are hosting an amazing event at this year's HPB Expo. It's going to be in Louisville, Kentucky. It's going to be on Saturday night from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And if you were in Atlanta last year for the Firetime Happy Hour, I mean, you know how cool that event was. And we are building on the momentum to something really special, the scale of which we have never done before. So if you want to sign up for this event and make sure you get an invite, go to the website, itsfiretime.com slash expo. That's itsfiretime.com slash expo. I'm telling you, do not sleep on this because this event is going to be amazing and there might even be a chance for it to be live streamed to the rest of your team back home. So go to that website, sign up today. Now, if this podcast has been a blessing for you and you want to support it financially, you can do that by going to the website patreon.com slash itsfiretime. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash itsfiretime. And as you go out this week, you know, I, I know that that we are we're past Christmas, we're in the new year, and the season is likely going strong, but even in the midst of any chaos that you are feeling, take time to observe your team this week and listen to the way they ask questions. If you can be genuinely curious about your customer, you can ask them about what they want out of this project and listen. I'm telling you, you're going to connect in ways you never have before. And it's amazing how when that happens, you sell more. Hope you have an amazing week. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website, itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time. I'm all into burn.